friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my zany, negligent, cross-dressing father and co-host, Alex Dandino. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, this month, the pod reads the books, baby books, that is. Uh, we are doing movies that will help Alex learn lessons as uh, Kurgan Dandino inches ever further down his wife's womb, ready to burst forth into the world. Yes, we found out he's in position this week. Nice. Yes, position's very key. Very key. Uh, so <laughs> Head down. We started off with The Babadook and Pet Cemetery. These are very low parenting points to find yourself at. Really good lessons so, to learn from this fil- those films. That's right. So today we have a little more heartwarming, if not equally disturbing, uh, tale of fatherhood with Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, I'd argue this is actually the most depressing one. Yeah, it's... uh, All right, we'll get there. (laughs) Uh, I got to chill for a sec. Guys, if you like the show, and I hope you do if you're here with us now, please take a second, especially if you find us on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It does help us out enormously uh, in growing the show and finding new people. Also, if you uh, have any social media, we have socials. We're cool. We're young. We're very happy uh, with it. We do twerk gifts of ourselves, or we will <laughs> if you want, whatever you want. So Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, you can find us. Uh, if you've been on Twitter, I always do the last drive-in on Shutter every Friday night. I live tweet the double feature. Fun way for me to hang out with you guys, so follow along there if you'd like. Uh, met a lot of awesome. great mutants. Oh, my God. It's so good to have it back, man. It's just a really fun thing for the horror community. Um, but yeah, guys, that's it. Uh, also, if you w- are on Letterboxd, the app, we have a film alchemist list so you can see what's coming up in your future. We have uh, not set our exact schedule on movies we're going to go to the theater to see. There's a lot of good ones coming out. So you can also follow our other show that Alex hosts, uh, The Long Box Sessions, which is more comic book and pop culture where we're going to have Godzilla, we're going to have Brightburn, yeah. Avengers, Game of Thrones recaps. We have a lot of stuff over there, too. This one, we uh, try to stay away from the comic book fandom stuff. Yep. But there is are things Nerds. coming up, like uh, Midsommar. There's a lot of good movies that yeah. we're not going to let slip through the crack if we can. I'm super excited for Midsommar. And next month, uh, based on listener suggestion from one of our favorite fans, Anthony Daniels, uh, we're doing Animation Month, man, which we're really fucking excited about. So we set our list, right? Our list is Akira, Princess Mononoke, Heavy Metal, and what is our fourth one? Oh, Fire Fire and Ice. Ice. Yes, bitch. Love those movies. So yeah, next month is Animation Madness. Maybe there's one we forgot and you want to slip it into us. Uh, We're always looking for more (laughs) suggestions. So did that sound weird? Uh, That sounded amazing. Is that a, that's what she said I did on myself? That's definitely Anyways. that's what she said. <laughs> so, guys, uh, we just want all the communication and fun from you guys. We want to make this show as great as we can for both of us. So uh, get at us online with your ideas for a theme, movies you want covered, uh, guests we should get, anything like that. We're willing to listen. So now that all of that is over, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Alex, yes. when's the last time you watched Mrs. Doubtfire? 20s sometime in my 20s I, oh my god for me this was a 
parents brought it home as a rental when it first came to maybe even VHS at that time. Yeah, this is. And I doubt I've watched it again since then. This was like, was this Robin Williams like at the very beginning or like at the height of his powers? I think the height. Like this seems like the height of Robin Williams. Yeah. It. I mean, it's I mean, it's I can't, like I, I the, the first watching it like this time, I just forgot. That guy was just so fucking talented, man. Like crazy. <laughs> it's just insane. Like he was just an amazing actor and we were so lucky to get to see him perform when he did. It was it was really amazing. I mean, this is almost dead middle between Good Morning Vietnam and Goodwill Hunting. Damn, wow, for real? Holy shit. Yeah, it's like five years from each. Damn. I mean, yeah, like and those two movies are probably my I really like those two. I'm especially Good Morning Vietnam, I think, is probably one of my favorites of his. But this is all this is like the So okay, of I would say the peak of his powers probably hit box office wise would be like ninety five, right? Right. Because that's when you go Was Aladdin, Aladdin, Jumanji, yep. Birdcade, mm-hmm. Birdcage, Jack, uh Father's Day and Flubber <laughs> into Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah, I feel like And then yeah, the end of the nineties you got What Dreams May Come, Patch Adams. Right. That was when he got serious. He's, I mean, he had a very interesting career, but yeah, I would say like he was definitely a big household name at this point for oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think any like Aladdin's pretty much the thing that makes the ever like people remember Robin Williams as the genie. That's that's what he's to me. It's that and Good Morning Vietnam. Those are the two roles. I would say that Good Morning Vietnam, but I would also like to sneak the birdcage in there because I think he's fucking amazing in the birdcage. <laughs> See, I feel like that's an underrated Williams gym. Why? I'll say underrated. this though: starting this movie. The way they did on the voiceover session, yeah, it was just gut wrenching to watch because he's one of the few celebrities. When I remember the exact moment I found out he died, and just sitting and crying in my theater in the parking garage outside of Limley's NoHo Seven, yeah, just fucking miserable and the way it happened, and it was just so fucking terrible. Because yeah, I mean, we were at that age, like yeah, he was the genie for us, and. He was like always the family movie you were excited to watch, Rex. My mom was either like, it's a movie about people who learn how to be human by breaking wild horses or a Robin Williams movie. (laughs) So I was always ecstatic when it became Robin Williams. Oddly specific movie. Yeah, she loved, well, just this week, and she's like, Josh, we got to go see the Mustang. I'm like, what is that? And she's like, it's about a convict who learns to make his life better by bonding with a wild horse. I'm like, God damn, they're still putting those out for you, huh? <laughs> like they never stop making those for Zayna Griffey. I like, I like, I like that. I hope they put for Zayna at the front of those movies. Like that's oh, they should. Like every she'll... one of them probably have a box office of thirty eight dollars, and it's my mom in theater <laughs> and on Blu ray. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Like the opening of this movie with the voiceover scene is just like, and again, like it happens like twice in this movie where you get to see him just be him. And this is the first time you get to see him in the movie and it gets to the front and he's just so amazing. Like it's sad. It just truly was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's because, yeah. And I think that's the saddest part about it. Postmortem is that he is so talented and you get to watch him just do that on the fly within the movie. And in the context of the movie, you know, that's just what he does. Like that's the craziest part is you're like, this isn't an act and he's not like, he didn't have to train. He literally just does this. It's amazing. Well, you you get these guys every now. This reminded me of this is the same place Jim Carrey was with like Liar Liar. Right. We are like there just isn't another guy that could do this. Right. You know, it's like you need a guy of that caliber who can just 
take it to those extremes and make it work, right? And yeah. What what struck me this time is the moral the moral gray areas this movie existed, which I remember <laughs> again, I saw this as a younger kid, but I remember the movie as this is a bad derelict father because he's chasing fame. Right. Right. And so he's always missing birthdays. And then I was like, wait a sec, that's liar, liar. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this is I remembered him as kind of the bad derelict father. Instead, the movie is very much really good dad, if not kind of childlike himself. Right. He's a bit irresponsible. Right. Um, Who's just not helpful around the house. Yeah. I and, mean, and they make Sally Field's character way more unlikable than I am. Is it's a strange, it's a strange well, mix. Like, but it actually dawned on me. I was like, this movie is the better version of Hook, right? <laughs> like if Peter Pan actually just like was the immature petting zoo father. <laughs> I was like, this is Hook. Wow. That is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the beginning of this movie when he like, like the moral, his whole thing about like, I'm like, oh, he doesn't want to finish the voiceover bit correctly because the bird lights up smoking and he is like pretending to cough and that's not in the animation. And yeah. he like basically makes a statement. He's like, no, that's wrong. And I'm like, dude, get your fucking money. Get out of there. Like, who cares? Like, just. Yeah. You're like, this is going to enter the because that's I remember being like, what the fuck? He's a bad dad. Why is he caring so much? I was like, this is a very odd saves the cat moment. Right, right. right. But then it's like he cuts to and I was like, oh, dude, they're fucking McAllister rich. Yeah. They're home alone rich. So he can fucking quit his job in moral indignation. <laughs> so like they got that big ass house on the corner in San Francisco. Yeah. They have the fucking full house house, which is real nice. Yeah. Oh, but like double wide. I'm like, yeah. this is a huge fucking massive it's house. Big. Like they're they are rich as fuck. So I'm yeah. like, he can totally quit a cartoon job on right. moral high grounds because he has nothing to worry about financially. <laughs> Right, he'll the always have the fallback. We'll get to again later because it's yeah, another yeah. battle. So I was like, "Oh, this motherfucker is McAllister rich," <laughs> but then the movie threw my preconceived memory of this movie totally for a loop. Because what he does, he doesn't go to a bar try to like, "Hey, I got to work my way up the corporate ladder." He goes and picks his kids up, right? And his son's like, "Well, I, you know, I can't have a birthday party because I've been a kind of bad kid. My grades aren't bad. It's not like he's out." chain smoking and you know feeling people up behind a dumpster no he got like a c on a math test right and so his dad's like you know what let's just have fun today let's celebrate today i'm really happy and proud of you and just throws this rager of a fucking birthday party with the petting zoo it's insane like no okay one. so that, this is this is where the movie this is a great microcosm of the entire film right <laughs> which is the guy's obviously a very loving dad and seemingly right. a good dad but sure. <laughs> willing to go to immature extremes right yeah and sally fields is obviously a great provider and wants to be a great mom and this and that but she has to work hard to afford their fucking McAllister style life you know right that they have so she gets a call from the fucking world's worst neighbor this old fucking narc yeah Saying that, you know, oh, there's a fucking zoo out there. The cops are there. So the cops are outside, like, just looking at the carnage, but not ringing on the doorbell asking for an adult. Yeah, Strange. No, yeah. Fucking Mrs. Cra- Mrs. Kravis fucking dimes out <laughs> Robin Williams. This is super uncool. Right. But what they do here, they set this fucking series of landmines to fucking take down Sally Field's credibility as a character shockingly early in the movie, right? Yeah. 
Because one, she walks into a house full of just exuberant, joyful children. And what do they do? Hardcore pissed off face. Yeah. So it's like, look at these images of like the childhood every person wished she had. Actually, my mom was on the couch next to me and she's like, oh, I wish I had a dad like that. <laughs> and then you cut to Sally Fields just like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, like that's and so you cut over to the dance and she's like, no. He's like, party's over. So they're setting her up there. But what they did before that was actually the part that shocked me. I had totally forgotten. <laughs> so she's at work. And before she gets narked, uh, she gets another phone call, right? This guy's Stuart. And she's like, oh, I know Stuart. Oh, man. You know, oh, she's yeah. getting a little uh, little moist, perhaps, at the yeah. thought of this Stuart, oh, yeah. right? Is that Pierce Brosnan? Is that the character's name? Yes. Oh, I did, yes. Not, I did not know that that was the guy's name until this movie. I've always yes, just so said, that's... oh, yeah, Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Uh, the the husband that every wife actually is fantasizing about <laughs> when you're fucking. But no, she gets that that call, right? That yeah. he kind of like, he wants her designs and wants to meet her for dinner. Right. And immediately I had this thought. Does this divorce happen this way if Pierce Brosnan never calls her? Ooh, that's an interesting moral quandary there. I would say Yes. <laughs> It would happen. Not like this. Like, it might just drag on a little long. Like, they're clearly not good for each other, and they're heading in a bad right. path. No. I mean, I feel like they probably would have gotten... I feel like it probably would have gone down the same way. I don't know if it would have dragged out. Like, that... Like, a giant rager thrown by your dad, who's just trying to kind of be your friend. Uh, but this... Okay. But this is what I mean, though, right? This is a giant rager in petting zoo. Look at how happy my kids are. I'm in the room with them. They're not running around like the birthday party in Pet Cemetery where they're going to get mowed down. <laughs> right? Like, it's cool. It's cool. Right. It's not like she comes home and he's like Wolf of Wall Streeting, no. you know? Listen, if like he was. Like, lines do- of blow off a yeah, lady's absolutely. Thighs. If he was like doing blow out of a lady's butt, that would be very different. Like, this is not that kind very of. Very different kind of petting zoo. <laughs> That's a very different Mrs. Doubtfire and one in which we all go, wow. <laughs> That guy's a monster for getting back in the house. Like that's, that's the one where Mrs. Doubtfire is actually a stage name, where Robin has to work the pole to get, get enough right. money to get his kids back. Yeah, that's a very different movie. Uh, I mean, I don't think that I don't I, I don't think that the Stewart call expedites what was event, what was the eventuality, regardless. Personally, I, I have a theory. I have a theory. What's your theory? My theory is is that the Stewart call. And she comes home to that realization, set Sally Field on an Ocean's Eleven style mastermind plan. <laughs> what is that? I think, because this is the other thing, it is impossible for me to accept that she does not know that that is Robin Williams in the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? And also, he calls her like eight times doing different character voices. Right. If you live with a voices guy, right? Funny voice guy. We all know some of them. There's no way they're not constantly running material on you and everything's a joke, right? right? I feel like, For well... 14 I, to 20 years, however long they've been together. It's she's heard all these voices. Right. And this is the other... How long was that ad in the paper with those non-living wages they're paying, right? And she mentions it to him specifically in his house. Yeah, well, that's just to, like, dig at him. That's to make him feel like a shittier dad. I think... She's too smart for that. I think this is next level entrapment. No, I, I, no, she's not because like she even admits at the end of the movie she was like I was mad. Like she's vindictive on purpose. Like for a lot of this. Yes. So she puts him through this fucking purgatory and trials. 
I don't think what what what's what's the end result of the trial supposed to be? Like is she trying well, to like see if, if they had gonna... ended up together at the end, perhaps right. that would support my argument better. Yeah, no. That's not <laughs> This was a really fun theory I had worked up that kind of gets <laughs> kind of not zipped up the way I wanted. <laughs> it kind of crumbles under the weight of the uh, weight of the movie. No, it doesn't cuz she still gets a better more supportive partner. And to have sex with Pierce Brosnan. Okay, so... So instead of being in, like, legal battles and her kids hates her, she kind of gets everything she wants by the end. What this ends up really being is the movie where Sally Fields wins every single aspect of her life. Like, if this movie was from Sally Fields' perspective, this would be, like, called winning the movie. Like... <laughs> How to defeat that fat piece of shit you married a long time ago. <laughs> How to defeat no, it's, your but this goofy is what husband. I mean. It's so weird that they wait so long to try to redeem Sally Field's character. And this could be the fact that we're watching through, like, a male husband lens, right? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it is. He's doing a lot of good stuff. But then you're like, yeah, he's not, like, being a housekeeper and helping cook. But you're like, he's a good dad, man, and that shouldn't matter. Right. And I think You're watching that as a guy, but then you're like, it takes him so long to get into the – and they do get there. I'll give him that. It's such a good script, by the way. Such a good script. It is. But they do get there by the end where they actually are having the the kind of gray area conversations. Right. Right? Like, I love the scene when she's just like, you know, I loved all these things about them, but they kind of eat away at what I am available to be. Right. right? Well, And I was like, oh, man, like, that's so true. But they wait, like, 45 minutes into the movie and do nothing but make her seem like the worst person. <laughs> right? So she divorces this really good dad for throwing a birthday party, we think. Right. I'm sure it wasn't. And then she just comes that. to his new apartment and she pulls up and just starts honking. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, she's an outside honker. She's annoying everyone else because she's a rich white lady. Well, it's not then just. Then she that, walks man. into his new hovel and is like, oh, nice fucking poor person house. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Sally that, Fields is a bitch. That's the thing where I'm like, because, yeah, they do really set up Sally Fields this entire movie. Like, up until she, the point. She drops where... the kids off an hour late and picks them up an hour early. Yeah, that's pretty uncool. Like, she uh, doesn't do, like, the fact that they're in court at all, like I went through one of these as a kid, right? Right. But I very mean, like, unfun. But the fact that they couldn't work it out, period, I was like, they are really playing up the Robin Williams as a put upon father. And by the end of the movie, that's clearly not the case. No, he's <laughs> he's a little selfish. Like there's like there's parts of this movie, like particularly like probably the first forty minutes of this movie, she is painted as just like the most vindictive divorced woman of all time. Yeah, and then she immediately is like, oh, I have a chance to upgrade. So I'll divorce this guy and get every woman would upgrade their husband to Pierce Brosnan. I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. Right? I would actually be upset if my wife didn't upgrade to Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Well, because then you'd spend the rest of your life with your wife being like, God, you're just a bad decision maker. (laughs) You have poor decision making skills and it makes me sad. Right. No. like Yeah, my wife should upgrade me to Pierce Brosnan if she ever gets the chance. A millionaire steward. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, come on, come on. I feel like this. But- <laughs> I want to go back to this voice thing because I, I agree with this. Like this, this bothered me on this viewing a lot is that because I, 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 I thought the same thing. He's an actor. He does voices, all kinds of stuff. Not only does he do voices, though, with her, obviously, and there's no way she hasn't heard the old lady Mrs. Doubtfire voice at this point. But then he also has that montage when he's in the uh, unemployment office with the lady who's the old lady in every single movie in 1995. Um, <laughs> she was actually the secretary in Liar Liar. She's the secretary in Liar Liar and literally every other movie I've ever seen. Um, she 
he does the voices for her and I'm like, there's no way like later on in the movie when she comes to like do the welfare check in his house, uh, there's no way she didn't hear that voice. Like not a chance. He totally would have used that voice on her because she's an old lady. He's like, Oh, I can sound like you. Like there's no way he didn't do it in the meeting. And we just didn't get to see it. But everybody like the suspension of disbelief required to make sure that, you know, that Robin Williams is totally pulling this off is pretty epic. Like, well, that scene is so good in that office too, because it's it, God, it's so hard in retrospect too. You know, knowing what we know about what Robin, I know, right? What, what, how it ended up is just this, this fucking spark of light just being fucking crushed by this personification of all the worst things about life. Just like, did you think you're funny? He's like, I did. Thank you for ruining. <laughs> and he's just like, honestly, man, I just whatever I need to do, I want to get my kid, and it's. This movie is loaded with those great Robin Williams. He was so good at going from just like this. How can one man have so much life inside of him? Yeah. And bring so much joy. But then when he switches over to that depth of sorrow look that he does so well. I mean, it's just like Uh like the scene when they're cleaning up after the party yelling. And she's just like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, we have nothing in common. Well, we love each other. And there's just like this fucking pregnant pause and he tries again and she's just like, I want a divorce. You're just like, oh my God. He, yeah. That, oh, the, that the and dramatic the cor- scenes in this movie are, yeah. are so undervalued and how we look at Mrs. Doubtfire is this kind of high concept comedy. The courtroom scenes might be among the most brutal things I've ever watched in a movie. Like, Well, no, you're a husband and about to be a father and the yeah. thought of someday – just two fucking lawyers trying to get some money off of us, and a judge is like, "Nah, you can't see your kids." Oh God! I mean, just like, the thought that that's how we do it in a society is yeah. is strange, right? And I know there are really bad situations. This obviously doesn't seem like one. This was a movie we watched. Like I watched this movie when I was a kid with my parents, and like my dad couldn't finish watching it because he was just like, "This honestly hurts way too much." Like the thought of not having you guys hurts, and I'm like. Like, I didn't understand that when I was a kid, but as I got a little older, I was like, oh, like, this is, like, really emotional. Like, my dad's a good dad. Like, I like my dad a lot. But he's also, like, you know, like, it was really emotionally resonant to get to that point of, like, holy shit. Like, your child is being taken from you by people that aren't, like, related to you at all. Like, they're just random people in the ether. Yeah, well, I mean... I, I went through this exact thing, man. It's it's intense, and it's also like the, man, are me and my wife ever going to get to the point where, like, we just can't talk? <laughs> right. <coughs> well, like, that's the thing. I mean, like, the parable is terrifying. Oh, yeah. It's a really – the first, like, 25 minutes of this movie are really fucking brutal, man, as far as storytelling. Like, even that part where, like, the first time the kids are um, – First time the kids go to his apartment and they like even tell him like, dad, you're not trying very hard. And she like honks and they start getting up and he's like, no, you're my kids too. Like that is like, that to me was one of the more brute is more brutal moment in the movie where he like has to justify. I mean, it goes to like insane emotional depths, but just Robin Williams doing his sprinkling of, you know, comedic little outburst oh he's trying it really to. does ice over like i did not remember it getting so dark oh it gets i mean so he says like no you're my goddamn kids too and then he tries to like like smooth it over by doing like the little alien thing with the chopsticks i'm like holy shit man this guy's like barely holding it together 
Like that is brutal. But okay, so here's where the Ocean's Eleven kicks in. So she walks in. She's like, let me fucking shit on his corpse. After I'm an hour late and an hour early, right? Like, come on. Right. Come on. She's not doing that. Pretty Plus, everyone who has kids knows anytime someone else is watching your kids, you're not going to show up early. Right. You're going to take that extra hour at a local uh, cafe, right? You're going to do some <laughs> hipster San Francisco shit. You're going to have some you time. She's a busy lady. She could still be working. Right. This is an exact ratcheting him up. Then she shows up. With a newspaper, right? Instead of just saying, instead of it just being a fact in nature, she needs a housekeeper. Why tell him? Because she knows his thought is going to be, I can do that. Yeah. Right? So she's setting him up already. She's got him ratcheted up. And then she hits him with the thing. And then they, this was the funniest part. Do you know how much $300 a week is? Oh, it's nothing. That is $15,600 a year. That's paltry. Before taxes in San Francisco. So then we're led to believe the entire rest of the movie that Euthanasia Doubtfire is essentially living in a hovel somewhere, and they don't care as long as she can make it to the birthday party. <laughs> that is another indictment on Sally Field if she is not setting this up from the start. I oh, know she's absolutely one hundred percent like fucking with him for like most of the movie. Like it's does she know? Does she know? No, nah, she. Come on, she has to know. I mean, in the realm of logic of the world we live in, yes, she totally would know. But like in the movie, I. But no. what I'm saying is, I think the movie plays better if she has set him. And this is the thing: she doesn't think. You know what? He does have a super talented uh, gay brother-in-law that does makeup. She would know about that brother. Damn it. You really start, this is all. And you the Janiya doubt fire like Robin Williams is applying that to himself? Shit. This is really starting to add up. This is bad. Come on. Damn it. Like I get that I get the salty dog old bus driver is just like, what's up, honey? Yeah. <laughs> like that guy probably does that to every old lady that walks through the bus. So I get it. Fuck. You know, he's got the 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 affection goggles on or the creep goggles. I guess either way you would look at that. Oh shit. Probably creep. Wow. This movie she This movie knows. is so much worse. She fucking knows. Yeah, this movie is much worse if she knows. Okay, let's. No, but see, I think it's. I think it's the just desserts. Okay, let's. Robin Williams does not understand that he's done anything wrong, because he probably is like, "What's the deal? We're fucking rich. We can have a fancy dinner for hundred and forty dollars because we are McAllister rich." Right. Right. Like, why do I need to clean up? I'm having fun with okay. the kids. I'm being a good dad. This is her way. To put him in purgatory and then get shockingly emotionally revealing to a lady she barely knows. Okay, so let's 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 move forward assuming that she knows what's going on. That means what is the end game then with her whole thing? Like why did she Yeah, like see this is like the ending of the movie doesn't play then. Like what because is her she gets a better version of the father oh, to so, watch yeah. her kids. She gets a and, better version and she gets to fuck around. And this is a backdoor way to be like, look, kids, I didn't kick dad out of the house. He was here the whole time as youth of Janiya. Okay. So this is, this, this is revisionist history and Sun Tzu level tactical maneuvering. Yeah. This movie actually functions a lot better as a narrative. If Sally Fields <laughs> is in on it the whole time, that means if she's is, that means she's only wow. 
That is a real- and she pays him that pitiful little fee just as an extra fuck. You. That's pretty good. I mean, this really does paint. Or Sally is Field. that does she know what job he has essentially? And is like fifteen extra thousand dollars a year will hit the court's threshold. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So she won't have to pay. Because uh, this is the thing they spend so much time making Sally Fields. This unlikable woman stereotype, right? The hard business lady, Man. which men were maybe actually afraid of in this time in the Yeah, 90s, I was going right? to say, in 1995, this is stoked. a great example of, like, women are like Darth Vader. Yeah, that's good. If I could switch places with his character in this, I would in a heartbeat. Like, that guy's got a great setup. Yeah. All Robin Williams should be doing is cleaning, doing push-ups, and practicing licking things. Also, the prosthetics are free, too, which is pretty nice. Yeah, right. I mean, and he's got a super cool hip brother who makes some prosthetics. Like, come on, man. But that's what I mean. I I think this is her way to set it all up for a happy ending, exact revenge, and get to go off to Stuart Land guilt-free. Yeah. This is good. I like this. This makes me happy. Because what if her dad, if, if Robin Williams remained this broken, crusty, sad old man in his, like, apartment, and they're watching their father fall apart as she's gallivanting with Stuart. That's hard. That's a hard emotional I mean, uh, field to travel. I mean, this ends up being a demonstrably more horrifying <laughs> movie if this is the this is the uh, thread we're on, you know? Yeah, well, there is a point in the movie when I was like, are we saying that this... Because this is the weird thing. The way they, like, parcel out the actual emotional gray area that exists in marriages... It gets about 40 minutes in the movie, and it's like, did this marriage actually fail because he didn't cook and clean? Like, come on. And you're like, they're so rich, it's impossible to believe they don't already have housekeeping help right, if this right. has been a problem for 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, But then it gets later, and she's like, I just, I wanted him to be more of a partner. I didn't want to have to play the heavy. Right. Right? Like, he never left any room for me to be who I wanted to be because I had to always be this adult enforcer. Right. That makes perfect sense, right? That's something any married couple with kids can relate to. But beforehand, it does seem for a long time you're like, she just wants Stuart and for him to cook and clean more. Right. And she's totally not factoring in the point at all that he is a good dad, even if he's a bit childlike. She brought it up occasionally. But that, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, but it's when all you look just at emotional. it from a married with kids perspective, it totally makes sense, yeah. right? Like, the, the thing that end, I mean, we always talk about, right? Marriages end with money or cheating. And usually cheating is because money pressure and then like, oh, now I got to go find, com- well, not usually. Look at me talking like I have fucking statistics. I'm talking from my own personal life story. Right. Right? Not mine. I'm very, I'm a stoic man. <laughs> Plus, no one wants to have sex with me anyways. But <laughs> neither here nor there. So what I'm saying is that the things that annoy you the most about your partner can be something small and trivial like that, right? Like you could watch him just be like, oh, he's the kid's favorite because he doesn't have to do anything. Right. And that could piss you off, right? Absolutely. So all the emotional truth is there, but they just bury it near the end where you're already like, wow, my heart is already kind of hardened to this lady. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's such a – wow, this has really blown my mind. Like this is just like – this is like an emotional, this is like a suspense thriller if it's put in the hands of like Sally Fields fucking with Robin Williams the entire movie. Here's here's my final piece of evidence. The tea scene, right? The social worker yeah. and the facial cream pie scene. Right. She, Sally Fields later mentions that the social worker 
talked to her and told her that an older, unattractive lady was living with her husband now, right? Right. Why is Sally Fields talking to this social worker? Are we to believe that they were just social acquaintances or they met in a supermarket? And she's like, oh, by the way, I'm in charge of your kid's future. Is that a thing? Right? I mean, I don't I don't know. Or how does that she works. seek this lady out? Right. And they're working together in concert to try to help him along his journey. Wow. Because do you think for a second that she does not that she leaves that house without sitting him down and being like, dude, what is happening? I need both of you to sit down and tell me what's happening because children may live here. And this is madness. Right. That the social worker just leaves the house without having a conversation with both of them at the same time. No. Do you think... Okay, cool. Unless she's in on it. Hmm. This is interesting. Like, Because that means... I mean, conceivably then, probably I'd say about a year prior to the events of this film, they decide... She's like, I want out. She's like, but how do I... I want out, but I know that my kids... I want out, but I know that ripping my children from their father is going to cause serious issue and i'm already okay, the bad now here's guy. the thing she in her mind has probably been over his shit for a long time right so she's thinking, she's probably had the in the back of her mind that divorce is imminent because this guy just will not get his shit together right, right? he won't be because this is the thing they play robin williams off in the courtroom scenes like i just love my kids uh, and it's like yeah but you're not loving your wife dude you're not helping with the, the responsibilities of adulting. Right. And it really gets swept under the rug how big a deal is in this movie because they want to paint Sally Fields as this dragon business lady. Yeah. <coughs> but my theory is, so she's been thinking about it for a long time. Right. Right? And then the Stewart thing hits. Okay. She's a smart lady. Who knows how long that commute is to get home? Right. <laughs> Who knows how long it is between getting all those kids and ponies off the sidewalk, apologizing to the rear window narc neighbor, right, to cleaning up and yelling at Robin Williams. She says, now I want a divorce. We don't know how long between that moment and the courtroom scene, right? Right. She, could, she had plenty of time to get this in order. The moment the judge says, hey, I'd like a social worker or whatever, she could be like, hey, can I have access to her for reports? I'm really scared. Boom. Now she goes in and lays the trap. Hey, lady, what are you making? $15,600 a year? Would you like a little mo? Because I'm McAllister's rich. So do you think Boom. that maybe... On the lamb. Maybe this is... So the end game... Or maybe here. she's like, Stuart, Stuart, you want to pull a Thomas Trump affair on the stairs with me? Thomas I'm going to need some dough. You know what I mean? Thomas I'm going to need to lube there. up this old social worker lady. Yeah, okay. I, I think that... <laughs> okay, I'm with you on this. So she, let's say two years prior, starts putting this plan. Actually, she charts it out. She's like, if I do this, he'll react Not even. this way. Not even that long. I think she knows she wants a divorce, but I think the actual planning is pretty quick. No, this is good. I like this. This is this makes a lot. This mo makes this movie a lot more engaging in general because this means that Sally Field is in fact the hero of the story. Yes, she's a woman who at one time loved this man. Right. Loves the family they created, but as is as is often the case, right? She just fell out of love with him. They went in different directions, right? 
there's no shame in that, no, right? Life, the, the thought that happen. we're monogamous for all time anyways is a hard pill to swallow, period. Right. And I'm glad that it works for some people. I hope it works for us, but it doesn't. Sometimes there's a chance that our wives will see a Pierce Brosnan and we will not be able to make an Atticus Finch case right. as to why they shouldn't leave us for him. <laughs> Other than, look, we're good dads, man. We have beautiful kids. And she's right. like, well, we could still have that and I could be on a yacht. Right. That's, right. That's instead I think of you bitching about most, Game of Thrones. That's the most relevant thing I think within the context of this theory is that I, I'm not sure Sally Fields it's like Sally Fields to me is not trying to like using this theory. Sally Fields is not trying to accomplish like autonomy, like the way like you're she's not trying to abandon her kids. She's trying to make her up her family game twofold, which is by providing for her family still. But at the same time, yep. providing them with, even better now with Stewart involved, right? So, so Stewart, now you two rich Stewart, super rich, and they can go on very nice vacations. Then on top of that, she's able to not just get a house, get a housekeeper that the kids are comfortable with and who can do all the things that she prefers, but also she's able to get him to raise his game so that she doesn't have to do this whole thing with the courts yes. anymore. And then he's. He gets to be the housekeeper dad time, right. but she gets to have Michael Douglas style knocking things about the room <laughs> sex with Pierce Brosnan. All right. I'm and make Robin Williams do the sheet laundry. And make Whoa. Robin Williams do the laundry. Damn, that's good. <laughs> that's what he deserves. No, that I'm telling you, I thought this out through the movie. I was like, there's no fucking because this is the this is what happens, right? She's a woman who knows she loved. She's sitting in those courtroom scenes and she's really okay with them being like you can't see your kids right i don't believe that sally field's character is a bad person i don't believe she'd be like that's the best move for my children yeah right like maybe i don't want you over here doing house of pain and petting zoos in the living room right but she knows her kids love him and she knows he genuinely loves him he's not shown as an alcoholic he's not abusive right you know he shows up to pick them up from school like we don't see him being late to things all the time no he wants it man he wants it he wants to be so a dad she sets him up on the path where it's like here is your unique weird mind which she would know so well right and she lays him a path that illuminates to him oh my god i can pull this trick up she yeah. already fucking knows yeah and she knows from the start sure and so what she does is says I don't love you anymore, but I don't hate you. Right. And I'm going to show you a path forward where we You're all still can a, be the happiest, best version of right. this. You're still a uh, good father. Sad moment. So I'm going to show you the way. Yeah. She's like Clarence. This is she like it's a wonderful a better life. father for her kids and Pierce Brosnan sex. I mean, boom. That's what this movie is. This is about this movie is about Sally Fields getting. And maybe in wants. the longest shot, she sees Mrs. Doubtfire and is like, oh, this is Mr. Rogers big. Right. Gives him that's what, a chance to, to test his material right. to become a big star. Because she knew. Like, think of that dinner scene. Think of that dinner scene. Yeah. She when knew. When people are just not at the table for 30 minutes at a time. She knows. She knows. She knows. She knows. And she knows that that character's great and deserves to be on television. So, therefore, she is. Wow. Sally Boom. Sally Fields is an incredible character for this. She might be the greatest mom character of all time. I think that's pretty <laughs> true. She not only is she able she so that because that means she's not only able to effectively parent her children, but she's also effectively parenting her husband into being a better 
into being just a better man and father. She's able to coach a guy who we've already deemed in the film a good dad into being a better dad. Right, but we think he's a good dad from the male lens of, right. I spend a lot of time with my kids and I make exactly. sure they are safe and they love me and think I'm funny. So now, That's not always enough. Right, that's not that's always enough. That's the parenting lesson for you. So now Being the cool one like, is not enough. He needs to be a good dad for everyone, including me. And that's what yes. it is. Wow. He needs to be a partner this, and a father and make them do homework. God, right. I just love the idea that now after that big scene where she like confesses like, oh, this is sort of it's interesting because when you think about it from the female perspective, her doing that to him, like that scene where they're having tea and like, oh, you know, what was uh, her? What was your husband like that bit between yeah. them? She like goes back to him like <laughs> idiot. Like he thinks he's getting all this intel. And in reality, wow, that's great. She's just watching him on like a hidden camera light his tits on fire on the stove. And she's here's, like, Rube. Here's a question. <laughs> Do you think Stuart's in on it? No. No. Okay. No. So all this the is anim- a long game. So all the anim- Well, I did say that she might have dangled that Thomas Crown sex in front of him to help pay things, right. but she can do that on her own. Well, I was going to say, I mean, like, she's... Because also, that's the thing. She might be testing Stuart to be like, how's this kid going to be? Right. Right? Like, right. if Stuart's going to be good or not. Sure. Right? Because what if Stuart's a huge dick and she moves on? Right. Well, like... And then and he's, he's like, oh, hey, Mrs. Doubtfire, the jig's up. Right. And fucks up her whole uh, plan. Well, I think that's, like, the long game, too, because, like, there's that scene at the pool, too, where he... Because you expect... That's always the crazy thing, because... It's interesting that pool scene. You always expect him to go to the bar and like order the drinks, and then you're like, huh, "These fucking rugrats can't wait to get him off to boarding school." Like that whole bit, and then instead he's like, "I just love all the kids, especially the little one. She's just so sweet." Oh man, the dad's just kind of a douche, and then like walks away, and he like fucking hauls off right. and throws the line, which is a great bit. But in the movie and in the this con- loaded with great bits. In the context of the movie, you also realize like, "Oh fuck." Oh! Oh, to run by oh, fruiting. Sorry, dear, I, I, I tried by fruiting. It's so fucking good. It's what but like fuck? within I the context, it's when the, the lady steps on the mousetrap and he's like, "If you want a cheese, just a." <laughs> he has so many good ones in this. It, no, okay. Final evidence submission: the finale. Yeah. Right. What was she? She go- goes to the studio yep. to talk to him after just going to court. Yeah. Winning sole custody and not no visitation protecting his right to see the kids, yeah. right? Are we to believe that just because he's now a celebrity, it's like, well, now he could be a better dad. No. She no. knew he had learned his lesson. She put him through the paces. Yep. Right? He stuck with the show. It's gonna be a hit. We heard that from the boss. Right. So she wanted to make sure that the lesson had stuck, and now she's gonna offer the olive branch. Mm. Wow. This, uh... Yeah, when things got dark and he fucked up, right? He blew his part of it, so she had to draw a line in the sand to keep the ruse alive. Right. Right? So she had to play hardball and make sure that in his darkest moment, he would still be a better man and not go on like some fucking coke bender, right? Right, right. And once he did that, then she offers him the hand to salvation. This is awesome. This is like the best. This is, you know what this is? This movie is literally the, it's the uh, Pavlov, it's the Pavlov dog experiment. It's amazing. No, this is the fucking domesticated Mission Impossible. (laughs) 
<laughs> Domest- it's all plans and double crosses and rubber, rubber mask. Domestic Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah right? I'm down. I'm telling you, I think it works because it's one of those things. It's so hard to accept. And I know because everyone will be like, it's a high concept comedy. Just let it go. But just even like the timelines of him changing, they have to speed it up. Yeah. I was like, this is a man who's doing a clown act for himself, right? Like everyone else seems to know. Even his kids know in that hilarious where they're like, we love Mrs. Doubtfire. She's great. Oh, my God. She has a dick. Call the cops. (laughs) That's your reaction. Yeah, like I, just because Mrs. Doubtfire P standing up, she can't be like the great nanny you've loved for months. Yeah, now. I gotta say it's a little. Uh, I mean, her ki- her kids need a little work on their um, on their judgments. Very, very. I was gonna say, San Francisco, you you've come a long way. I'm proud of you. Yeah, well done. But you know, I, yeah, wow, this is uh, this is good. I mean, I love this. Uh, yeah, Sally Field plays this long con Pavlovian dog domesticating your husband vibe. And it works. It pays off and it pays off in dividends. So that means she gets a free housekeeper at the end of the movie. Let's see. Let's stack it up at the end of the movie. Robin Williams gets his kids back, which is all he really wants. And he has a really nice job now. Yep. Employ gainfully five em- days a week minimum. He gets to come and hang out with the kids. Gainfully employed. Right. Hanging out with his kids. And also, like, gets to, like, ply him with sugar and then just walk away at the end of the day like a, like an uncle, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So he gets to do everything he wants, right? Which is he can be the fun, cool one. Right. I mean, he will. They, they let you believe he'll still do the housework and the, the homework. Right, right. But still, it's a good deal. Right. She gets to upgrade sexually. Right. Possibly. You don't know. Sally Fields, Sally Fields upgrades. But on paper, that feels like an upgrade. Sally Fields upgrades <laughs> from... The genie from Aladdin to James Bond, which is cool. And then get this. So now she, Sally Fields, is going to like these black tie events yeah. where she might be the fun one. Right. Sally Fields is now rubbing. Right? rubbing so el- she gets to loosen up and be who she Rubbing wants elbows Pierce with the Brosnan higher ups. such a fucking stick puppet. Right. Rubbing elbows with the higher ups and also just drinking martinis, living her best life. She comes home to a clean house, yeah. fed children, educated children. And she gets to be happy children and happy, children. happy children. And she gets to be happy without the issue of like having to be the bad guy all the time. I mean, she's not. Then she didn't. She doesn't have to take the shit for. Well, dad's life really fell apart. you know, Right. And the kids having some sadness about that. She she does the best. She is the ultimate parent in this movie. Yeah. Sally Field really comes out in a hard moment. She finds a way to make everyone's life better, including her own, as gracefully as possible. Man, Sally Field really comes out on top. And we, the audience, and we, the audience, are clowns dancing for her just like Robin because we're having fun with him because every time he's on screen is just insanely funny. Yeah. And we overlook what's truly happening. Man. This movie is a real mind fuck. And for 1995, I got to tell you, I'm impressed. Do you think Columbus has just been sitting there for decades? Like, finally! <laughs> it was all there. He's like, I thought this was an Oscar movie for sure. Holy shit. Is that, Chris, is that Chris Columbus? Yeah. Holy fuck. Really? Wow. He directed. I'm not sure. Uh, God damn it. Who wrote it? I'd actually forget. I mean, that's a truly amazing. Yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire is truly and honestly like on the surface might be one of the more depressing father tales, but actually is one of the more uplifting. Definitely the most uplifting mother tale of all time. 
Yeah, so Randy uh, Mayhem Singer and Leslie Dixon wrote the screenplay based on a novel by Anne Fine, alias Madame Doubtfire. Interesting. Interesting. Chris Columbus directed. Wow. Alias Mrs. Doubtfire. That's in- that's impressive. It's all the same stuff. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. All, yeah. This is all. I, I kind of want to read this book if I'm being honest. I think it works. I think my theory works. I think it does too. I think it holds water very easily. Okay. I think if I think it's important that we revisit this and uh, we revisit this movie and everyone needs to watch this movie again from the perspective of Sally Field. Very important. And I love that we're keeping our streak alive in some way of being like, is anything we saw real? <laughs> That is the film alchemist take. Every time is nothing in this movie happened. Every single time. But no, too much is happening. It is real. Yeah. Just different. There's no shortage of there's no shortage of matrix like behavior in these films that we've been watching. Particularly <laughs> and now, undoubtedly, Mrs. Doubtfire is Sally Field coercing her husband in the long con to be a better man, better husband, and better father. Wow incredible this movie might be one of the best of all time i think there had to be so much sadness on set when they're like no one got it no one got it <laughs> must have like flipped through the they pages sally field was just a very successful and mean lady yep. who worked her way up the corporate ladder so she obviously is mean and doesn't understand this good guy uh it is very dumb <laughs> That's this, what they, everyone movie, has thought for years. This movie really deserved, not the case. This movie definitely deserved an Oscar nomination, without question. Do we you, should go back and retroactively give it a. Give do it you away. think that if the do you think this movie would have gotten an Oscar nomination if that had been the big twist at the end of the movie? Like she had been like, "Well, actually, Daniel, I've been the architect of this entire thing." Like, and then they do the and they do like the no, actual. I think Ocean's acknowledging 11. it makes it not work. A la Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> like right. if she had all of a sudden been in a room in a Colonel Sanders outfit laying out her whole plan, then it's not interesting whatsoever. If only the Wachowskis could have learned. And also from the Mrs. Academy's Doubtfire. like mm, Robin lit its titties on fire. This is not high art enough. <laughs> if the if the Wachowskis, all right, Alex, if the Wachowskis had watched fucking amazingly funny. In deep movie up, what did you learn as a soon-to-be father from this movie? I learned now that if you're a shitbag, your wife's definitely going to Ocean's Eleven you into being a better guy. Um, no, I think that ultimately, what you take a gl- what you glean from this movie as a fatherhood lesson is, um, it's important to be a partner in the raising of a child. You can't just be one or the other you have to be equally heavy and light there you go that's the other lesson i would say that this would give as a parent slash husband don't forget that just because you're married and have the kids like that's not your job now right. like, you have to still maintain the romance with the wife right like you have to be okay to be like yeah someone watch my kid for two hours i need to take this lady out and date i need to schmooze right right Makes sense. Ask her, where am I fucking up the most? And then, you know, try to get marginally better. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. But marginally, though. You can't, and, you can't blow it and out. And number water. three, number three, your body best look like Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Number three, if your wife is hanging out with Pierce Brosnan types, you are done. 
You got to. F- <laughs> yeah. Good parenting aside, that's a that's a that's a high bar to leave. <laughs> uh, yes, a lot of great lessons from this movie, and now with this earth shattering revelation that Sally Field is the architect of all of Daniel's pain, I think we all know we need to rewatch this movie. So go out and rewatch this movie. It's on yeah. Amazon right now for two ninety. I like I like the idea of Sally Fields as the ultimate badass modern mother. Yeah, this is definitely the that kind of Love flick. It. Yep. And honestly, man, this is the first Robin movie we've done on the show. Uh, it was it was hard at times, man. <laughs> I, like my mom is so funny. She said exactly what I was thinking when the movie ended. She was just like, "I just wish we could get another one." Yeah, like he was so talented. And I was it's like, "Interesting, God damn you it. say I that." Have said it better. Like I thought the same thing. I was like, "This is really difficult to watch because he's so good." He's just so and yeah, and, and this one he's good. not. There's no like gray area like a lot of his older movies where he's like a bad guy. He's just like a really seemingly good-hearted guy who like maybe is just too much at times yeah. and trying to fit in with us humans, right? Which I feel like he never was, man. He's just like so good and awesome. And you know, it's it's really sad the way it worked out. But man, you watch some of his movies and it's just like. How fucking fortunate we are to have gotten that while we had it. Mrs. Doubtfire is no exception. Especially that opening scene, dude. (laughs) Yeah, the opening scene was the thing. Like that and that and the scene where they're trying on the makeup is I was just like, damn, dude, we are so lucky that this man decided to become an entertainer. Like there's just nothing quite like this. And there never will be again. Oh yeah, this the scene with him and uh, Harvey Feinstein. <laughs> I love that. And Aunt Jack, as they call him, yeah. I think in the movie. God damn, that scene was. That just... might be one of my favorite scenes. Even in the whole even movie. the getting the tea scene when he's just like his face is dripping and it's hitting the liquid. He's like, oh, sugar on your cream. Oh, yeah. And he's just freaking the fuck out. It's so. Funny. I mean, everything. Such a great movie, ev- man. Like I, everything he does in this movie is just so clever. There's he's never not on while he's on. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do more Robin, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I love this movie. Uh, totally different experience for me now as an adult yeah. with kids. I hope you learned a lot, Alex. I did. Uh, from the book of Doubtfire. You bet your ass I did. There you go. <laughs> All right. I learned never so to So now that we've gotten that out of the way, we're going to get to the one and only movie that every father needs to watch who's about to have a son. Over the top. Yes. Stallone. Truck driver, arm wrestling, rich uh, grandfather sending goons to get his grandson back, uh, eating cigars, drinking motor oil. This movie is, it's weird because I'm going to lay this out as something for you to think about when you watch it. Is Stallone setting the stage for what modern dads would become while defeating toxic masculinity? Ooh. That's a fascinating query. One arm at a time. I think we'll definitely need to <laughs> deep dive into that one. <laughs> wow. I fucking adore Over the Top's one of those, like, I think a lot of us, it's considered one of those, like, that's not a good movie, but I like it. I think it's just awesome. I fucking love Over the Top, and I'm so excited we're getting to it. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I'm psyched. All right, guys. That's it for Mrs. Doubtfire. Over the Top coming up next, followed by Animation Month. Uh, The pod gets animated. Also, we'll find some movies to do that are new, either to video on demand streaming or in theaters, hopefully. So send us suggestions of movies you'd like to watch with us. Uh, That's something we love to do. 
Again, if you have socials, follow us, share us. If you can leave us a rating and review, we appreciate it. Share the show with a friend. Watch Mrs. Doubtfire with them. That's our favorite way to spread the word. Um, For the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Instead of hello, how about a goodbye? Hello! <laughs>